Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today online here at Rethink Life Church. Hey, it's an honor to have you, and I just want to encourage you right now, if you have not downloaded our app at Rethink Life on Android or through your iPhone, let me encourage you to do that. And just so you know, we always have our message notes so that you can follow along, you can take notes through our, uh, through our Rethink Life app. And so today, uh, if you don't have access to that, then you can go old school, get a, get a piece of paper and a pen. You just want to make sure you take some notes because we're kicking off a brand new series today. And this is going to be something that we're going to be doing in the coming weeks. I'm super excited about it. And here's what we're calling it. We're calling it, We is Greater Than Me. And when you think about it, that is so true. In fact, I heard someone once say that one is too small of a number in order to achieve greatness. And that's very true. I mean, you think about all the great things that any one person could ever accomplish Think about how much greater it can truly be when multiple people are involved, when there is a team of people around us. There's just power in numbers. As a matter of fact, even the Lone Ranger, you remember him, don't you? Even he had Tonto as a sidekick. So at the end of the day, we are better together. We is greater than me. And with that, I think it's also important to remind ourselves that when you think about when God created mankind, what did he do? He created Adam. And when he created Adam, here's what God said. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. So what did God do? God saw Adam and his aloneness, and he decided to cause Adam to fall into a deep sleep. And as he was sleeping, what did God do? God took a rib from Adam's side and he created woman. And as a result, he created, he designed woman to be Adam's helper, to be his companion. Why? Because two are better than one. And when Adam, of course, saw Eve for the first time, that's when he simply said, whoa, man, she is fine. She is good looking. And so you know what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, hey, God has a plan. And the plan is so much bigger than you or me. He has a great plan for all of our lives because we is much greater than me. In fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, Solomon tells us these words. He said, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. And if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Now, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And what that tells us is that God, listen, wants to build strength in the power of numbers. Why? Because we is greater than me. God can do more through all of us working together than 
any one individual. And not only is there power in numbers and strength in numbers, but listen, when it comes to the spiritual body of believers known as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, God has wired us, He has gifted us, and He has purposed us to do great things together. As a matter of fact, that is our slogan that we embraced and adopted during the COVID season that we were in this past year. Because at the end of the day, what it did is it helped us to realize that no person can, can, can live on an island. No person can survive being alone. We're better. We're stronger. We're more effective together. And when we all come together, we can accomplish, we can do great things together. I recently read an article that uh, was talking about the one billion people in the entire world that actually have what is considered to be full-time employment. That's a lot of full-time jobs around the world. But here's the interesting thing. George Gallup, the Gallup poll, did a study of the one billion full-time employees around the world, and you know what they discovered? 85% of the working people around the world, are you ready for this? They hate their jobs. That was their confession after the survey. They confessed that they do not like what they do. In other words, 15% of those people were totally disengaged with their work. You know why? Because it was not bringing satisfaction or fulfillment or a sense of significance to their lives. They were unfulfilled. And here's what's interesting. You see, when a person doesn't understand their why in life, guess what? They lose their way in life. I was uh, reading about a story about, uh, and this is uh, something that was pretty popular here in the state of Florida, it was they they had a racetrack known you know for dog racing they had these you know beautiful greyhound dogs that would race and if you've ever seen you know, these dog races you know one of the things that the dogs of course are running after is they're all chasing after this this bot it's it's a it's a it's a rabbit if you will make believe rabbit that is basically going down the track and as a result those greyhounds run at a very high speed trying to chase this rabbit. Well something happened and malfunctioned with the rabbit and therefore the rabbit stopped. And so when the rabbit stopped, guess what? The dog stopped. And not only did they stop, but they got distracted. Some started, you know, they they panicked and some tried to jump through the fence and got injured. Others just sat down and and laid down on the ground. Others started howling and barking at the fans. And you know, it was interesting, not a single dog finished the race. You know why? Because they had nothing to chase. And I found out, to be true, that that is the same situation when talking with a lot of people, when it comes to their work, when it comes to their purpose, when it comes to understanding their why, for a lot of people, here's what happens. They find in their life that they are unfulfilled. You know why? Because they have nothing to chase. And unfortunately, for those who are chasing something, They're only chasing that which is right in front of them. Well, guess what? God has something far bigger and far greater for us to chase. And here's what we have to discover. 
we have to discover not only what it is that we are chasing, but we have to understand why we're chasing it. You see, the big question is, are we chasing after the temporary things of this world or are we chasing after the eternal things? You see, God made us for a greater purpose. God made us so that we could make a difference. All of us are uniquely shaped for significance. You see, I often say it this way. Your career is what you get paid for, but your ministry is what you were made for. You see, when you are saved, if you have, if you have a relationship with Jesus and you know Him as your Savior, guess what? The moment you were saved, God placed a calling on your life. And a part of that calling is to serve others. So we are saved to serve. I often say it this way. If you're not serving, you're swerving. In other words, you're missing out on the very purpose. Listen, the the ministry, the calling, the sense of destiny that God has for your life. Listen, life's too short to be miserable. Life's too short to be unfulfilled. Life's too short to be like those 85% of the people who hate what they do because it doesn't bring a sense of fulfillment or purpose or meaning or satisfaction to their lives. And so with that, we have to understand that you have a design and it's a divine design. And when you discover your divine design, you will discover your destiny in life. I love what the psalmist David said it this way in Psalm 39 verses 13 through 16. He said, oh yes, you shape me first inside, then out. You form me in my mother's womb. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth, All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. It's interesting when you look at that passage of scripture. In fact, if you have your Bibles or if you have the notes there, you ought to just take your pen and you ought to circle the word shaped, formed, know, watched, and prepared. That's fascinating to me. That listen, God shaped us and he not only shaped us, he formed us, he molded us into who we are because he designed us, he created us, he shaped us and made us for a unique purpose. And he knows us better than we even know ourselves. Listen, he knows us. Why? Because he created us and he longs to have a relationship with us. He knows us from the inside out and he's watched us. Listen, as we've gone through all of the stages of development and the seasons and the stages, the highs and lows, the good days and the bad days, he's watched us from the very beginning of our lives. And knowing all of those things, he has prepared each and every day of our existence. Listen, God has a plan for us. He has shaped us. So here's what we're going to learn today. We're going to learn what the shape of our lives are really meant to help fulfill. In fact, if you have something to write with, I would encourage you, if you have the notes there, to follow along because there was a pastor by the name of Rick Warren 
who really popularized this acrostic. It's a shape acrostic. And it really is powerful. And it's also very practical because it's so easy to understand. It really helps put a framework, if you will, around understanding our purpose, our true significance, and really helping us understand our why when it comes to how God has shaped us and made us so unique. And so the S in the word shape stands for spiritual gifts. Now, this is interesting because, again, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you know Jesus, if there's been a point in time in your life where you crossed the line of faith, where you admitted to God that you were a sinner in need of a Savior, and you put your faith and your trust in Jesus, well, guess what? God has placed inside of you a spiritual gift. And we're going to unpack that here in just a little bit more detail in just a moment. But let me read this verse in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 6. The Apostle Paul wrote these words. He said, In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts. So here's what you need to understand. The moment we put our faith in Jesus, guess what? The Spirit of God not only came to live and take up residence in our hearts, changing us from the inside out, but guess what? God also enabled us with divine or spiritual gifts. Now, here's the thing that's so important. There are at least 20 different kinds of spiritual gifts mentioned in the New Testament alone. There are many different kinds of spiritual gifts. And here's the thing. If you're a believer, you have at least one spiritual gift. Chances are you have multiple spiritual gifts. You have a primary gifting, a spiritual gift that God has given you that is unique. And God wants to use it for the benefit, not of yourself, but the benefit of others. Now, there is a difference between abilities that you're born with. Those are called natural abilities. For example, some of you have natural abilities. You know, I don't know how many of you can roll your tongue. I can do this. Can you do this? Well, if you, if you can do that, guess what? That's called a natural ability. Some of you can't do it. Let me ask you this. How many of you can wiggle your ears? Okay, well, that's kind of odd, isn't it? How many of you are double-jointed? Okay, if you're double-jointed, I don't know about you, when I see people who are double-jointed with their, like their, their fingers and their toes, that gives me the heebie-jeebies, you know what I'm saying? I also have another natural ability. I can take my finger on and off here. So, okay, you get the point. Those are natural abilities. But here's the difference between natural abilities that we are born with, physical abilities, but there's also spiritual gifts. And what are spiritual gifts? Spiritual gifts produce spiritual results. They're different than just natural abilities. Spiritual gifts are those divine enablements, those giftings spiritually that God has uniquely given to us. The moment we become a follower in Jesus Christ through the Spirit of God, guess what? That produces spiritual results. There's fruitfulness through our lives because of the spiritual gifts that we can exercise for 
the betterment of others, for the fulfillment of God's purposes, to bless and advance the lives and the purposes of God. So with that, every time you do something that is ministry-driven, and every time you do it well, in other words, it comes very natural to you, well, guess what? Chances are you are exercising your spiritual gifting. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 says it this way, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Again, we is greater than me. And a part of using our spiritual gifts is, again, for the benefit of other people. The H in the word shape stands for heart. You see, your heart actually reveals your passions. And I think this is so important because a lot of people are very passionate about different things. And we're all motivated by different things. There are things that you're motivated by that aren't necessarily things that inspire me or motivate me. There are things that I'm motivated by that aren't necessarily things that kind of turn your crank, so to speak. Well, it's because God has put different kinds of passions in each of our lives. Philippians 2 verse 13 says it this way, God will continually revitalize you in planting within you the passion to do what pleases Him. I think that's so good. You see, God has put certain things within us that, I don't know, it just kind of makes our heart pitter-patter. In other words, we get excited about something. Or maybe it could be something that burdens us. It could be maybe a problem that we are motivated to help solve. There are things that stir our hearts that cause us to want to take action, to help meet a need or to see a transformation occur in someone's life or to help improve the quality of an environment that perhaps we are living in. So the question is, what is it that you care about the most? You see, what's interesting is that we're all uniquely passionate, and one of the best ways to help discern or really distinguish different kinds of spiritual gifts that we have is often revealed even through our passions. So in other words, we have to put basically the eyes of faith through our spiritual gifting at work. For example, if you were to walk into a room that's filled with chairs, here's how this kind of plays out. Someone who has the gift of administration, organization, if they see a row of chairs that's out of order, that's all messed up, guess what that person typically will do? They will notice that, and not only notice that, but it bothers them because they, they have a natural desire and tendency to want to straighten out the crooked row. You know what I'm saying? If someone who has the gift of mercy, guess what? If they see someone who's sitting all alone by themselves, they not only notice that, but they have a tender, compassionate heart to want to go and sit with that person because it bothers them to know that somebody could be seated alone. Someone who has the gift of hospitality could walk into a room and say, you know what? There should be refreshments here. There should be someone there greeting one another as people walk inside the door. That's a person who has the gift of hospitality. You see, a person who has maybe the gift of leadership, they walk into the room and they say, 
Who made the decision to put the chairs like this? Who's in charge around here? They have the ability to see things the way things ought to be. So at the end of the day, we all have different kinds of spiritual gifts and often the expression of those gifts are manifested through the passions that God uniquely places within our hearts. The A in the word shape stands for abilities. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul said these words. He said, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. You know, often uh, we'll talk to people here at our church and I'll challenge them about getting involved on the dream team. And so often their response is, well, pastor, I appreciate that, but I don't know that I really have anything to offer. And when I hear that, I'm here to tell you, my heart just leaps. My heart, honestly, it, it breaks because I know that they have so much to offer because there are so many abilities and gifts and talents that they have, but unfortunately, they haven't connected the dots on how they can actually use those abilities for the purposes of God, to help advance His purposes, to help bring forth spiritual fruitfulness in the lives of other people. So researchers tell us that on average, listen to this, the average person has 500 to 700 different skills. That's if you're average, okay? That means you're a pretty skilled individual. So think about that. So God has given us all these different kinds of abilities and he's allowed those abilities to be shaped informed and molded into who we uniquely are so that we can use those abilities to impact the lives of others. For example, on the other side of this camera is an individual that I know who is gifted at what he does with technology. He's gifted in this area of understanding the artistic expression of film and video. That's an ability that he has. It's a skill that God is using him to use to help bring this message to people around the world through something called the internet. That's pretty awesome. When you think about you know, people who are gifted with numbers, well, guess what? People can use those numbers to help count. And, you know, I believe we, we, we count all the time here at Rethink Life. You know why? Because behind every number, represents a person and every person matters to God. And so there are people who are just gifted. They have the ability to do things well with numbers. They Many are great at, at machinery and mechanic, mechanical things and carpentry and photography. The list goes on and on and on. But here's the thing. Those abilities and those skills that God has given you are not by accident. That is a part of your divine design. Again, you are shaped to serve. And when you are shaped to serve, that's where you find the significance that many of us are longing to experience in our lives. Now, the P in the word shape stands for personality. 
You know, some of you, honestly, you are personality plus with a capital P. I mean, you just, you exude personality. But here's the thing, we're all wired differently. As a matter of fact, there are three things that our personalities reveal about us. Here's what they do. They, they affect the way we think, they impact the way we feel, and they ultimately impact the things that we do. So, the, so our personality affects the way we think, feel, and do. And what's interesting is that the root of our personality all comes back to the way we think. So when you think about the different kinds of personalities that we have in life, here's what you need to understand. In fact, a, a psychologist um, have found that there are over 18,000 words, you ready for this, to describe the different ways that people are uniquely different from one another. In other words, even identical twins are uniquely different from one another. It's just the way God made us. You can take two complete, listen, identi identical twins and yet at the same time have completely different personalities. One can be an extrovert and the other one can be an introvert. It's just the way God made us. In fact, some of you, maybe because of the job that you have and maybe it was required as a part of the onboarding process and your work and maybe you had to take a personality assessment. There's many of them out there. In fact, there's the DISC you know, assessment. There is the strength finder assessment. Many of you are familiar with the Enneagram. Maybe you're you know, a one or two or three. It's a numbering system going to nine. It's a fascinating personality um, you know, assessment. We created one for our, our, our abilities here at Rethink Life to help people discover their unique personalities. We have social genius and ninjas and we have trailblazers. We have masterminds and we also have what we call our guardians. Those are five unique personality types and each one has a unique gifting and a unique personality that God wants to use to impact the lives of other people. Because you see, there are things that you can do that I can't do. And there are things that I can do that you can't do. But together, we can do great things through the unique expressions of our personalities. Some of you, you like being out front. You love working with people. Others of you, you like to be behind the scenes. You're more task-oriented. But again, God takes all kinds and he uses all kinds in order to accomplish his great plans for our lives. And so here's the thing that I think is also important for us to understand about our shape. And that's the E, which stands for experiences in life. You see in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, I love this. Paul said, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. You know what that tells us? That tells us that God takes the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. And guess what? He uses it all. God doesn't cause bad things to happen, but God can take the bad things that we experience in life and still bring good out of it. Here's what's amazing. You know, there are many people who feel like because of their past, 
mistakes they've made, wrong choices that they've encountered in life, that that, for whatever reason, disqualifies them from ever being able to be used by God. I'm here to tell you, listen, that is a lie from our adversary, the enemy, the devil, who wants to deceive you and who wants you to believe that lie. But what you need to understand is that God has called you, He has formed you, He has chosen you, He has shaped you, and even through our experiences in life, guess what? He still can take our mess-ups. Guess what? He can still take the misery and the mess of our lives and turn it into a ministry because God never wastes a hurt, and He can use your pain and turn it into a platform if you allow him to use you. You see, there are people, again, that you can reach because of your past that will never be able to relate to me, but they'll relate to you because you can identify with their pain. You can identify with where they've been. If you've gone through a divorce, well, guess what? Nobody perhaps can maybe better understand what that's like more so than someone who's experienced that. You can speak into the lives of other people who are walking through that or who have just come out of that or maybe talk them out of making that decision before they make the decision. At the end of the day, listen, God takes everything, our educational experiences, our spiritual experiences. Listen, He takes our personal, our family experiences. He takes every kind of experience in our lives and He uses it to prepare us to accomplish great Things. So how do we apply our shape? How do we find ultimate significance in our lives? I want to quickly wrap it up by giving you three things as an application that I believe will help you take everything we just talked about, our spiritual gifts, our heart, our abilities, our personality, and our experiences in life. And here's how we can begin to apply it. The first thing is we have to examine and we have to evaluate our gifting, our passions, our abilities, our personalities, and our experiences in life. In other words, here's how you can know if you're in shape or out of shape, spiritually speaking. Here's how you know if you're out of shape. You're gonna discover these three things. You're gonna be frustrated. Number two, you're gonna be, you're gonna be fatigued. In other words, When you're frustrated, you just can't seem to get anywhere. Things are just never working out. And then you get fatigued because you're always drained. You're depleted. Rather than doing something that fills your cup, you're just always depleted and drained because of the kind of things that you do and the things that you're involved in. And then there's failure. Doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just simply means that, that you don't ever see the results that you're looking for. You're not making progress. Things are just hard and it's a struggle in every aspect of your life. So those are three indicators that you may be operating out of your shape. How do you know if you're in your sweet spot, that you're in the zone, that you're actually operating in your spiritual shape? Here's how you know if you're in shape. Number one, you're focused. I think that's so important. In other words, you know who you are and you know who you're not. 
In other words, you know what lane you're supposed to be in. My son told me the other day, I was trying to do some social media stuff <laughs> and I, I got it all jacked up. And he said, dad, trust me, you gotta stay in your lane. He said, social media is not in your lane. I said, amen to that. Thank you for the affirmation because yes, I was operating in my stress zone, not in my sweet spot for sure. So here's the thing, Romans 12 verse three says it this way, don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. So if you have a desire to do something, here's the thing you need to understand. You can have a desire to do something, but at the end of the day, you may not be gifted to do the thing that you have a desire to do. I have a desire to be an NFL quarterback, <laughs> but trust me, on this side of heaven, that will just never happen. So I can desire it all day long, but that's not a part of my gifting. It's not a part of my abilities. That is not my lane. So we have to examine and we have to evaluate our shape. The second thing we have to do is we have to experiment and test to know truly what we are gifted at, what does seem natural, what does fill our tank, what does allow us to be fruitful and effective in what we do. First Timothy 4 verses 14 and 15 says it this way, do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive. But notice what he said. He said, throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Listen, God's will is normally not a straight line. If anything, it's really more like a pinball machine. It's, you're just kind of, sometimes you bounce around having to experiment with things and try things and learn things and until ultimately somebody comes along and affirms something in your life. And all of a sudden, it's like the lights have been turned on. That happened to me when I was in college. One of my RAs on, in, on our dorm, on the floor of our dorm, uh, he asked me one night to share uh, my story, my testimony uh, during a hall meeting with uh, all of the people on our hallway. And so I did. And at the end, after I shared my personal testimony, we had several of the students in our hall that gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And after I got through speaking, I had several people come up to me and say, hey, wow, you know, you seem to be really good at that. You ought to consider doing that more. Long story short, little did I know, the more I began to speak, the more people began to affirm a gifting that I never knew that I really had. And then when I got around other people that I saw God use who were speaking in that way, God gave me a vision. And through the exposure to that and through the affirmation of God speaking into my life to other people, it helped me to understand that there was a gifting that I had that I never would have never known had other people not called that out and affirmed that in my life. And sometimes God will speak that into you through other people. God will affirm those areas, but you have to be willing to try and experiment and evaluate along the way. And then the third thing is this, and that is we have to exercise faith and obedience. This is the key to living a life of significance, is being willing to take the gifts, take your spiritual gifts, your passions, your abilities, your personality, 
and all of your experiences in life, the things that God has positioned you and prepared you for, and at some point, you got to be willing to step out of the boat through obedience and say, God, here I am. Use me. Use my life. And I just want to say that, you know, you may be watching this and you may be in another state and you're thinking to yourself, I would love to, to be a part of a church like this where I can use my gifts. Well, guess what? There are people who, whose ministry is doing this very thing through our online ministry. We have a prayer team. We have people who, who will be chatting, who will be following up. There are people who are connecting even right now online who use what they do as a ministry because it's something they're passionate about and they have the skill sets and the abilities to do that very thing. Proverbs 16 verse 3 says it this way, before you do anything, put your trust totally in God and not in yourself. Then every plan you make will succeed. I love that. So again, Going back to the dog races I mentioned a few moments ago, what are you chasing after? And the big question is, are you chasing after the temporal or are you chasing after the eternal things? You see, God has given us something far greater than ourselves, far bigger than anything that's directly in front of us. He's given us an eternal purpose to live for. Let me tell you something, when you know your why and you know what it is that's in front of you, that you are pursuing, that, that, listen, God is using you to make a difference, I'm telling you, it will bring great joy and fulfillment and significance in our lives. Who in the world would ever want to go to a Christmas tree on Christmas morning and see all of the presents that are beautifully wrapped and never discover what's inside the gifts? At some point, we have to take off the bow, we have to take off the wrapping, and we have to open it up to discover what it is that God has uniquely called us, gifted us, wired us to do. And whatever it is that God has uniquely wired us to do, I wanna challenge you to take the step and allow God to use you so that you can make a difference in the lives of other people. Remember, we is greater than me, and together we can do great things to advance the purposes of God. Would you join me in a word of prayer? And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, let me just say that, you know, you may be a follower of Jesus. You know Him as your Savior. You've made this commitment in your heart. But you know what? Maybe you're you're not exercising your gifts. Maybe your gifting has grown dormant. And maybe you've kind of put your gifts and your passions on the, on the shelf. And maybe it's time to unwrap those gifts. Maybe it's, maybe it's time to, to redeploy those gifts. It's time to, to really begin to step out in faith and obedience and say, God, use me. I know that you have a great plan and purpose for me. Others of you here today, you know what? what's missing in your life, the reason why you feel frustrated and unfulfilled and just as though something is missing, it might be because you never have come into a personal relationship with the God who made you, who loves you and wants a relationship with you. 
And so if that's your need, can, can I just invite you right where you are? You'll never discover God's purpose until you know the person of Jesus. And so you can invite him as your Lord and Savior right now. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. And today, I'm inviting Jesus into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross and for coming back to life so that I could be forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer just then, I want you to do me a huge favor. I want you to text the number there on the screen or just type the words, I decided. Or if you're watching on a website, just click the little the word there that says, I decided, a little button at the top of the screen, and that will shoot you a form that I want you to fill out. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to submit that back to us so we can send you an ebook. It's called Rethinking Life Every Day. And the other thing I want to challenge you to do is I want to challenge you, and this is the action step, and that is to take part in what we call starting point. Starting point will give you the opportunity to take a spiritual gift assessment, and you'll learn one of our five personality traits, and we'll help you discover what that lane is, what that divine design is, so that you can find a place on the team and start advancing and contributing to the purposes of God to build His church. Remember, we are saved to serve. We is greater than me. We can't wait to see you next Sunday. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.